Hello. Today I will be presenting Pastor Merritt's Old Testament Overview, Lesson 10. But before we begin, let's remember 1 John 1 9 as may or may not be necessary. Lesson 10.1 Last lesson, we reviewed the doctrine of the angelic conflict, and then I read with brief comment those scriptures which explain the reason for the flood and taught the doctrine of Tartaros. Point 2 Now let's move to the biblical account of the flood. Point 3 After the birth of Seth, there was a proliferation of daughters born on planet Earth. Antediluvian man compared with post-diluvian man had extended lifespans. This because of the shielding effects of the water canopy. Genesis chapter 5 verses 4, 7 and 10 And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years and he begat sons and daughters. And Seth lived after he begat Enos, eight hundred and seven years, and begat sons and daughters. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan, eight hundred and fifteen years, and begat sons and daughters. Chapter 5, verse 13. And Canaan lived after he begat Mahalil, eight hundred and forty years, and begat sons and daughters. Verse 16, and Mahalil lived after he begat Jared 830 years, and he begat sons and daughters. Verse 19, and Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years, and begat sons and daughters. Verse 22, and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years, and begat sons and daughters. Verse 25 and 26. And Methuselah lived an 807 years and begat Lamesh. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamesh 782 years and begat sons and daughters. Verse 30. And Lamesh lived after he begat Noah 590 and 5 years and begat sons and daughters. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. 3.3. The scenario of Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, tells of fallen angels taking on the form of man in order to seduce and impregnate, and thus creating a half-angel, half-man, incapable of being saved. Genesis 6, verse 2. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, tov in the plural, and they took them wives of all which they chose. 3.4. This all occurred some 120 years before the flood, and God saw that the resolution of the angelic conflict was about to be foiled. Genesis chapter 6 verse 3. And the Lord said, 
My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Flesh is from the Hebrew basar, meaning mortal. So, again, and the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet, Be-Shagman is better for, indeed, his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. 3.5 The Nephilim were on the earth in those days because the sons of God went into the daughters of men and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. Genesis 6, verse 4. There were giants, Nephilim, in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old Men of renown, Anash Shem. 3.5.1 Nephilim, according to Volume 1 of the Theological World Book of the Old Testament, has this to say of Nephilim. Some scholars attempt to relate this term to Nepal, meaning an untimely birth or miscarriage, as production of superhuman monstrosities. Such would certainly seem to be the case when consideration is given to what else is said of the late antediluvian context, especially in the light of the several New Testament revelations concerning the events just prior to the flood. 3.5.2 Akhtar, the adverb well translated after, i.e. after in point of time, the adverb establishes there were Nephilim after the cohabitation with the women of planet Earth. 3.5.3 Bene Ha Elohim, translated sons of God, is commonly used in scripture for angels. One of the more often quoted is Job 2 verse 1 where we have described an angelic convocation, Barnhouse writes in his book, Genesis. We believe that these sons of God were angelic beings, followers of Satan, who kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, and who already have been placed in chains awaiting judgment from Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4, and Jude 6. This explanation complements the two New Testament passages and explains the flood and much that follows. Job chapter 2, verse 1. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. 3.5.4 Mighty men is a translation from the Hebrew Giberim, the plural for Giber. We have seen Giber used variously to describe valorous warriors or mighty men. Strong in his famous dictionary says, 
It means a valiant man or warrior. A prophecy against Jerusalem. Isaiah 22, verse 17. Beware, the Lord is about to take firm hold of you and hurl you away, O you mighty man. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 18. He will roll you up tightly like a ball and throw you into a large country. There you will die, and there your splendid chariots will remain. You disgrace to your master's house. Force flight to Egypt. Jeremiah chapter 41 verse 16. Then Johanan, son of Kariah, and all the army officers who were with him led away all the survivors from Mizpah, whom he had recovered from Ishmael, son of Netaniah. After he had assassinated Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, the soldiers, women, children, and court officials he had brought from Gibeon. 3.5.5 Anash is a Chaldean word for man. The noun Shem means name and reputation, thus Anash Shem means well-known man or men of renown. Daniel chapter 2 verse 10, the astrologers answered the king, there is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. Ezra chapter 4 verse 11, this is the copy of the letter that they sent unto him. Even unto Arctaxeters, the king, thy servants, the men, on this side the river, and at such a time. Verse 12. Be it known unto the king that the Jews which came up from thee to us are come unto Jerusalem, building the rebellious and the bad city, and have set up the walls thereof, and join the foundations. 3.6. The Lord was grieved because of the evil of man, and the resonant proliferation of wickedness as planet Earth became a playground for beings of great renown. Could this be where we get our Greek mythology? Hmm. Genesis, chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved, Nacham, that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. 3.6.1 Again quoting, from the theological workbook of the Old Testament. Nacham has several meanings. It can mean to repent, to sorrow, to comfort, to console, or to sigh deeply. The origin of the root seems to reflect the idea of breathing deeply. Hence, the physical display of one's feelings, 
usually sorrow, compassion, or comfort. The word is used of God's repentance, but when used of God, he relents or changes his dealings with men according to his sovereign purposes. On the surface, such language seems inconsistent, if not contradictory, with passages which affirm God's immutability. God is not a man that he should repent. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 29. When Natam is used of God, however, the expression is anthropopathic, language of accommodation, and there is not ultimate tension. From man's limited, earthly, finite perspective, it only appears that God's purpose has changed. 3.6.2 Laird Harris, in his theological workbook of the Old Testament, uses anthropopathic to describe the use of Nacham for God's mental attitude. This is language of accommodation, a not-so-unusual event. Think, for example, of how we accommodate our language for the needs of children. So also does God accommodate his language for his children. 3.6.3 God is often said to change. Having seen man's choices, God adjusted his plans to accommodate all things. This aspect of God is best seen when you consider how from his omniscience he decreed our very own spiritual lives. 3.6.4. It is, and was, the pleasure of God to permit creatures to exercise free will. However, we should have no illusions about ourselves just because he gave us volition. We are here, not to glorify self, but to line up with his pleasure and glory. 3.6.5. To illustrate, picture a giant computer in eternity past. God fed facts from his omniscience into the intergalactic divine machine, IDM, not to be confused with IBM, a company for whom I once labored. He being Pastor Merritt, not me. These facts are differentiated from mere potentialities the alternatives which he also knows and knew in his omniscience but did not decree all of this before time. 3.6.6 The facts included every thought we would ever have, every decision we would ever make, and every action we would ever take. 3.6.7 When God decreed are fed into the IDM, which was the intergalactic divine machine, again, not to be confused with IBM, that we would exist as free agents. He, without intervention, simultaneously entered our every thought, decision, and action. And that concludes the short Old Testament overview, lesson number 10. 
I remind you, you can go to westbankbiblechurch.com, go to the Old Testament on the right-hand column, and you can get this lesson in the PDF form, as well as all the other ones from the Old Testament overview, and you can look at all the uh, Pastor Merritt study books, uh, tremendous, tremendous wealth of knowledge uh, is in there, and it's uh, free uh, for anyone that would like to use it and disseminate it and take it in. We encourage it. Once again, we thank you for listening. As this was a short lesson, and I've got it where I like to say at the end, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And I'm assuming that nearly all of you know what I'm saying when I say that because it's all it takes. That's it. But let's go to uh, Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 34. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword, and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners have been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his, straight away. And when he had brought them into this house, he set meat before them, and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. So that concludes the lesson for today. So until next time, so long.